NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Intelligence greater than the mind. In this podcast, Eckhart talks with a live audience in Greece. He kicks off the session discussing the spiritual wisdom of ancient Greek philosophers. He says, among the most renowned was Socrates, who humbly said, I am the only one who knows that he knows nothing. Eckhart believes Socrates was saying he was comfortable with the state of not knowing and the pure awareness connected to deep insight. Eckhart explains why he believes we all have access to this vast intelligence, which is greater than the mind. He says, we find it when we practice presence. One of the things you become comfortable with or learn here, perhaps, is a transcending a mind pattern that is could be described as always waiting for the next thing. Most people are not aware of it because it's always there. And something that's always there, you're not really aware of. When I'm not speaking right now, when this pauses, I'm not asking myself what I'm going to say next. It would be stressful. Would be even more stressful if before a session I was thinking, what am I going to talk about? In other words, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. (laughs) Since nothing is planned, we have to see what the present moment comes up with, what comes out of it. I don't know if you've seen, I haven't yet spoken much about the Greek, the ancient Greek philosophers, fascinating. I may or may not talk about them at some point. (laughs) Uh, There's a book, it's called Lost Masters, and it's written by Linda Johnson, and the foreword is by Eckhart Tolle. And it's about the hitherto neglected spiritual dimension in the teachings of the ancient Greek philosophers. A wonderful read, although you shouldn't read too much while you're here. But if you have to read, that's not a bad book to read. And so it starts with 
probably the pre-Socratics, who lived around 500 BC at the time of the Buddha, people such as Heraclitus and Parmenides and Pythagoras, fantastic Pythagoras, amazing philosopher, that was the beginning, and then there's a span of about 750 years of Greek philosophy, and it ends in approximately the year 250 AD. In the year 250, so 750 years later, approximately, the last philosopher is Plotinus, which in other languages may be called Plotino, Plotino, etc., etc. Plotinus, a very profound philosopher, uh, amazing insights into spirituality. Not an easy read, though. So, the, and this is the book that I, where I wrote the foreword. Now, um, one thing that I mentioned in the foreword was a comment on a very famous statement by Socrates. And uh, Socrates, when he was asked, uh, why do people call you the wisest of all men? Or maybe it's not, it could have been, why does the oracle at Delphi call you the wisest of all men? And then people started to call him the wisest of all men. Why do they call you that? And of course his famous answer was, because I'm the only one who knows that he knows nothing. <laughs> and. Uh, this answer has not really uh, been uh, understood, as I see it, in its depths. It's usually interpreted as feigned modesty. He's saying he knows nothing, but he knows very well that he knows a lot. <laughs> He's just pretending that he has no ego. But it wasn't like that, and I mention it in the foreword. Knowing that he knows nothing, this is reported by Plato, because Socrates never wrote anything, so everything we know about Socrates was written by his disciple Plato. And the, when I saw that for the first time, I realized the actual meaning of it, which Plato didn't recognize because he was not quite as profound as Socrates, although he had great insights too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Socrates was comfortable with a state of not knowing. He did not teach from accumulated knowledge. And 
that's a very vital thing. I mentioned that in the foreword and talked about it. And the author, Linda Johnson, then told me, oh, amazing, I never thought of that. And it's not easy to recognize. Now, what does that mean? As you probably know, Socrates taught through dialogues with people. So people come to him with a question, and then he asks them another question, and then they answer, and then he asks another question. And gradually uh, the dialogue develops, and as the dialogue develops, gradually the, his insights become deeper, and he shows that the questioner is actually uh, misperceiving many things. He says, has certain assumptions which are not true, and gradually this emerges. And it is clear to me that the power, the creative power that came through him came because he was comfortable with the state of not knowing, which means it is the state of pure awareness, cessation of thinking, and that from the point of view of concept, the conceptual mind, looks like a state of complete ignorance. Because obviously, the conceptual mind says, when you're not thinking, you don't know anything. <laughs> so, and in a way, it is, but by entering that state, you begin to have access to a deeper source of knowledge or knowing that is within you, an intelligence that is greater than the intelligence of the, the mind and greater than anything that could be measured in IQ tests. So if you can access the state of not knowing, which is become comfortable with not knowing, then your mind becomes more creative because the creative impulse comes from this, the depths of the awareness, the deep eye, as I sometimes call it, as opposed to the surface eye, the personality, with its accumulated knowledge and its conditioning. And so Socrates was able to just sit there and be in spacious awareness, which is n not knowing and knowing that he is not knowing, which is different again from a fool who might sit there and not know a thing, but he doesn't know that he doesn't know anything. <laughs> and this is why often a wise person has been mistaken for a fool, because they, bo they both are in that state, but a very different state of not knowing. One is below thought, the other one is above thought. You do not need to continuously find a position a mental position towards what's going on around you at any at every given moment so if you can be as much as possible in that state of clarity in which there is no movement of thought but just an aware presence then you become a very powerful creative force in any situation it could be a it could be a meeting, it would be a 
committee meeting, it could be all kinds of things where people are discussing something, need to arrive at some kind of conclusion or decision. And if, if you can be there and embody this clarity of presence, where you're not continuously engaged in immediately formulating conceptualizations, but to have that space of just you, you take in what's there, you listen. To be able to listen to another human being, extremely important, but how do you really listen to another? You cannot listen when you yourself are already preparing the next thing that you're going to say. You're not really listening, you're not giving attention. This is particularly important, not only in a work situation, it's particularly important with your children, for example, to be able to give them attention, which really is more than listening to what somebody is saying. It is listening in this attention, you, you sense beyond the personality of this person and beyond whatever this person is saying. So there's a sensing of the essence of this person also. And you can only do it because you're aware of your own essence. And then you, you develop the ability to step back from thinking periodically or perhaps frequently, and then speak or think, then step back from thinking. So you, your consciousness, your, your ordinary consciousness, uh, is no longer a continuous stream of thinking. It is, a, it is thinking that is interspersed with spaciousness. And that's not that difficult to practice. But of course, yes, it is true that the momentum behind thinking is enormous. It has a, it has a pull, a gravitational pull. And especially if your entire sense of identity is bound up with thinking, the narrative of yourself, and you need to keep it alive. So it's, it's a lovely practice. You can do it first in non-challenging situations, simple conversation, really give attention to somebody. And this attention, is more, which we call listening, is more than just auditory perception. It is an energy field of presence. And that changes the nature of the interaction with the other human. You're no longer just interacting on the human level. In addition to the human level, where you talk, whatever it is you're talking about, there's the being level, the presence. Then you have the two dimensions. And the humans most humans, maybe not all, if they're totally immersed in their mind, they may not notice anything. But many humans will notice something that, uh, about you, that, but they may not be able, probably won't be able to interpret what it is. Or they can feel, perhaps, that it is 
they like to be around you or in your presence because they feel kind of recognized in their being, acknowledged, particularly important with children. Since most people these days are completely mind-absorbed, most children suffer from a lack of acknowledgement of their being. The attention that is given to children by most parents is purely mental and emotional. So, mental-emotional, they do whatever they can, but most of the interaction, in, if you look into fam normal family environment, most of the interaction is to do with getting something done or stopping to do something. Do that, don't do that. Have you done that? What's the next thing that we're going to do? There's always there's this momentum. Do the, and what are you doing now? What's this one? Okay, this. There's never a stopping and acknowledging the other person's being, the child's being. So many children have a sense of something missing. They don't know what it is. It's an obscure underlying sense of unease. And that sense of unease, I'm talking about parents who are not present at all with their children, which unfortunately is still the majority of parents these days. There is a sense, an underlying sense of unease and that surfaces then often when a child, especially when they reach puberty, become teenagers, many teenagers are very unhappy. And even many children these days are not happy, they are unhappy. The prescription medications that are given to children to affect their mental, emotional state is just amazing. So children are restless, uneasy. It doesn't help that they're involved a lot with these devices. It takes them out of themselves. Uh, but you as a parent, uh, your main task, in addition to the practical things that you need to do to look after the child, have you brushed your teeth? Yeah, that's an important question, but it's more important to give the child attention. And then you can start with listening. What did you do today? How are you feeling? And then listen. But listening is more than listening. There's an outflow. It's an energy field that arises and that can touch the, the other human being at, a, at the deepest level. And then gradually the other can become aware of that dimension, the child in this case, can become aware of that dimension within themselves a little bit because it, they are being acknowledged in the depths of their being. Their being is being acknowledged. You're not just operating on the human level, although the human is of course necessary, perfectly fine, but it's not enough. In any relationship or any interaction, the purely human level is not enough for a satisfying relationship. If the spaciousness, 
which is one way of putting it, if the spaciousness is not there in the relationship. The spaciousness is missing. If there's no space in the relationship, the relationship frequently manifests conflict and friction and dissatisfaction and frustration. Because on the human level, every human being that you spend time with or live with will exhibit certain characteristics or idiosyncrasies that you find annoying and upsetting after a while. No matter who you meet and live with, you will find that, oh dear, now he's doing that again. Why can't he do that? Why is she always saying, don't get it, what's that weird way of, why is he eating like that? <laughs> and so, it's sometimes you come to an arrangement and find you somehow manage to live together, but there's not there's not the the spaciousness isn't there. You have to do it. It has to start with you, and even if the other is not spacious at all, maybe doesn't get it. Sometimes it uh, the other. It jumps across and the other one also gets it. But it maybe you're the only one in the relationship who is able to be spacious and the other one might be totally unspacious with a very cluttered mind. And there you are. <laughs> and he or she is Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. What to do then? This is a very a question that is frequently asked. Of course, I never tell people what to do. They have to realize for themselves what to do. As the, again, let's just come back briefly to the state of not, of not knowing includes in that moment, not knowing who or what you are, having no, op obviously when you come, to, there's a moment of cessation of thinking and just aware presence, in that moment you, ha you have no opinion about yourself. How could you? Because an opinion is a thought. You have no opinion about who you are. That's a very liberating thing. If you can begin to live like that, and see how unimportant the opinions are that you hold about yourself or others. It's an enormous liberation. 
and it's an enormous freedom to have no it sounds a little as if sounds a little weird to some people at first how can you have no opinion do i have an opinion about myself let's see <laughs> There's the human level. There's the, the human level, of course, is there. And there's the transcendent dimension that comes through the human dimension and kind of, yes, that's an interesting question. What happens to the human dimension? I'll come back to myself in a second if you're interested. <laughs> What happens to the human dimension as the unconditioned consciousness emerges more fully in you? How does it affect the conditioned entity of yourself, the egoic self? How does it, how does it affect, does it completely change it into something absolutely wonderful? Uh, or does it totally remain the same as it's always been? Well. Either of these statements are not correct. It, it does not transform the human into some perfect human being. There's no such thing. And even if you started living with the Buddha, you would get annoyed about certain things after a while <laughs> and realize that the Buddha also has certain characteristics as a human that are limited in one way, because as a human, you must have certain limitations. You can't be everything. You're good at this, but bad at that. However, a change does happen to the conditioned entity. You are no longer in the grip of your conditioning so that it, it, it determines what you do in this world, it determines what you think and how you act and react in this world. You are no longer at the mercy of your conditioning. That is true. Certain aspects of your conditioning remain. They are still there. But you do not confuse them with who you are. You, so you, you're not identified. And the very dysfunctional uh, ways of conditioning, those that create suffering for yourself and others, gradually they erode. Other forms of conditioning may remain, uh, including things where people would say, you are awakened, how can you still do that? Because your ideas about how an awakened human behaves may not be correct. There was a, an Indian man, a very great spiritual teacher, who before he awakened was a chain smoker, and after he awakened was still a chain smoker. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody recorded his talks and did a very good editing job, and out of that emerged one of the great spiritual books in, in the world. Uh, it's called I Am That by the Indian spiritual teacher Nisargadatta Maharaj. You can forget the Maharaj, which is a title which means the great king. 
Nisargadatta, Nisargadatta, not easy to remember, but I am that, you can remember that. And that's a wonderful read that takes you into a presence. Every chapter takes you into a presence. One of my favorite books. Anyway, he was a chain smoker <laughs> before awakening and continued to be a chain smoker. After it, he just, uh, it didn't matter to him anymore and finally died of throat cancer. <laughs> he didn't mind. Oh, certain idiosyncrasies remain, but those that make your life and other people's lives difficult and unpleasant tend to get eroded and dissolve. And you are no longer in the grip of your conditioning. So you can respond to situations and to people from the depths of awareness as the deep eye, rather than the conditioning of your mind. You're not at the mercy of your conditioning anymore and you're not identified with it. People sometimes say, don't you always, don't you need an ego to function in this world? Surely you need an ego. How can you be egoless in this world and function? This is a way of semantics, the way I use the word ego. When I use ego, what it means is complete identification with your form identity, the body and the mind. So that's ego, then you don't, you don't, you are the, as I used the analogy that I used before, you are the actor who has learned his script, his role, the script so well that he is acting it out, no longer knowing anything else except the script, that dominates and his mind and mental emotional field. So that's that the ego is complete identification, complete lack of awareness. So identification with the the, the mental emotional entity. And then, however, form identity remains. So you the, you remain a a human with its idiosyncrasies, some of which don't go away, uh, and others do. So, the, I still haven't answered the question, do I have an opinion about who I am? <laughs> I have to look into it carefully because I need to give a truthful answer. Well, I, I don't have a conceptual identity and because that would be a burden and it would become an obstacle. So I'm described perhaps as a spiritual teacher and I am a spiritual teacher right at this moment when I'm kind of teaching. Uh, the question is, am I still a spiritual te teacher when I walk away from here towards my room or when I'm back home or when I'm buying, going to a supermarket to buy something, do I carry the identity with me as the great spiritual teacher is now going to the supermarket? <laughs> uh, 
I don't. I I'm let go of that identity, so I don't. There's no, unfortunately, on there's no sense of deep. Yes, it is satisfying to know that the teaching is reaching so many people, but I don't get that sense that I am doing it. I am changing people's lives because what it, what does that mean? I am. Who is this I? If this I means the, the deep I, the consciousness, then that is true. But the deep I is, the, is, is your deep I too. It is the universal, this is the deep I of the universe. And so the, the human is the vehicle for the expression of that. And that's fine, I like that. I like to be a vehicle for the expression of the deep I, and in a sense, a lot of the time, especially in the teaching situation, I am the deep I talking, and then the, and again this, you may find the same, uh, there may, you may notice certain variations on a daily basis. Sometimes there's a bit more of your personality operating, you are the, the super, the surface I, and then there's the deep I. There's, there might be, you might experience degrees, certain degrees of intensity. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 